Uh, anyways, wanted to just encourage you today to be strong in the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. Your device, click there. Is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And very, very, um, just one verse. And I could go into a, a bunch of verses here. And, and as we know this, some of us know this very well. Um, some of us aren't very familiar with this. But Ephesians chapter 6, this chapter, is uh, in verse 10. says... Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And of course, he goes on in the other verses and explains about what he's talking about, being strong in the Lord. But here it says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Uh, and I, I want to just draw your attention to this word, be strong. These, strong, these words, be strong in the Lord. How many know the Lord wants us to be strong? And that means to be empowered through the union that we have with the Lord and to draw our strength from Him, that God is strong and He wants us to be strong. If you look at this uh, chapter here, you'll see in verses 1 through 9, Paul is continuing exhortation on character in relationships. And he's talking about children obeying your parents and going on um, and kind of what chapter 5 was and he's going into chapter 6 and... So he talks about principles of this character and relationships. And then he concludes with this uh, exhortation about being strong. And then in verse 11 through 13, he talks about the armor of God. The, and it kind of brings you into this military picture of the armor of a believer and a Christian. The armor of God. And then in verse 14 through 18, it says that it gives you the description of that armor. And he says here that we are to be strong in the Lord and power of his might, that we may be withstand or to stand, but also withstand the wiles of the enemy or our spiritual enemy, the devil. And he talks about that there are strategies and schemes and, and there's devices that we need to be aware of and that we need to guard against and defend ourselves against uh, the wiles of the devil. Now if you look and read this and understand the history of this church in Ephesus, you'll see that this church had to be strong in the Lord. Paul was encouraging them to be strong in the Lord because and being and having to do with spiritual warfare because the church of Ephesus was steeped in idolatry. They had actually been in in uh, indulged in uh, spiritism and cultism and uh, demonic oppression in the city. And so one of the exhortations here is Paul saying is that this is something an area you need to guard yourself in. You, because you were so steeped in idolatry and you were under uh, demonic oppression as a people, as a city, as a community, you've got to guard against this. Now as believers, that the enemy can come in this way. He can come in and, and overtake you. He can trick you. So the Lord wants you to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Amen. And so that's why he, one of the reasons he's encouraging and challenging this church at Ephesus. And then and also we see this about being strong in the Lord. It really, if you read the rest of this, it's talking about being strong and being prepared. Being prepared for the work that the Lord has for us. Being prepared for not just on your guard for the enemy, but being prepared to walk in all that God wants you to do. How many believe in the armor of God? I believe in that. How many believe that God wants us to be strong? Strong in the Lord. And it's not about having a strong personality. It's not about having a strong personal appearance and the outward appearance. He's saying be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. 
And it's, it's, if you read this and what the armor is all about, it's really about honor, integrity, purity, and your witness. And so if you go through those, and you'll see that it wasn't just about battling the devil. It was about being strong in these areas of your life. Being strong in integrity. Be strong in the honor of God, the purity of the Lord, and the witness of our God. Amen. Is what he's saying. So be strong in the Lord. And if you define this word strong when it says be strong in the, uh, in the Lord, it really means two words. It means to empower, to enable, and, and then a third word attached to it is miraculous power. So it means to empower or to enable, and it speaks of a force that allows you to be empowered, a force that allows you to be enabled, miraculous power. Uh, also, you know, if I thought about this, oh, be strong in the Lord. Well, I always thought, well, what does it mean to be the opposite of strong? Well, all of us would have to say weak. Is that right? And you'd be right about that. But as, as Paul is talking about here, and that word there is a little deeper than just your weak. Uh, don't be weak in the Lord. Uh, that doesn't really make much sense or doesn't really uh, resonate much. But if you say these words, what it means to be, um, other than being strong in the Lord, it means to be broken, to mean ineffective or inactive or hindered. Think about it. So when you're not strong in the Lord, you are inactive, you are ineffective, and you are hindered and eventually broken. Think about it. You can't do much, can you, if you're not strong in the Lord. So he's saying being strong in the Lord. And that's one of the reasons he gives this teaching on the armor of God. Because it teaches you to be active in God. How many know to be strong in the Lord, you're going to be active in God? To be effective and not be hindered in the things of the Lord. Don't let your prayers be hindered, your word be hindered, your witness be hindered. And he's saying be strong in the Lord. And, and allow God to do a work in your life so that you're not broken, you're not inactive, you're not ineffective, and you're not hindered. Be strong in the Lord. But you know, so many people, I think, as we read this scripture, we limit this portion of scripture to just spiritual warfare. But it's got much more uh, to it than just that. Or, or maybe we might limit it to just being strong in the spiritual realm. Uh, you know, we think be strong in the Lord. We, and you know something? I taught this myself on spiritual warfare. It's a tremendous a teaching on sport, spiritual warfare. I mean, you can't, you can't teach on spiritual warfare and not teach from Ephesians chapter 6. That's just the way it is. Because there's so many awesome principles about spiritual warfare. Because the Bible even says that it is a spiritual warfare. It talks about principalities and powers and, and, and strongholds and high places. Is that right? Demonic presence uh, that we cannot see in that realm. And so, yeah, it is about that. But so many people stop there and they say, well, it's just about being, uh, you know, spiritual warfare and defending against the enemy. But it really is about being strong in the characteristics of the Lord, in the nature of the Lord. That's what he's talking about, being strong in the nature of God, being strong in the things of the Lord. You can look at it this way, be strong in the things of the Lord, be strong with the Lord, or be strong for the Lord. Amen? You can look at those ways, couldn't you? And as, uh, as he's teaching here, and you read that, it unfolds, wow, I need to be strong in the Lord. Now, it's funny, he's giving the expectations about, you know, your relationships, children with their parents, and husbands and wives, and, and all these things, and the next thing you know, he goes, be strong in the Lord. So yes, it is a conclusion, yes, it is a separate thought, but you could actually say that I need to be strong in the Lord so that I can be strong in my marriage. I need to be strong in the Lord so I can be strong for my kids and for my family. Can anybody say amen? We've got to be strong in the Lord. And so Paul is exhorting us here to be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the things of the Lord. 
Be strong with the Lord and be strong for the Lord. Amen. How many know in this hour our culture needs to see people that are strong for the Lord? They're strong in their faith. They're strong. And I'm not talking about being, uh, you know, fighting with people. I'm talking about being strong in the Lord. Being strong in the things of the Lord. Let's just dig a little deeper and see what he's talking about here. And what I want to kind of bring out is it's not, again, just about spiritual warfare. I think this, uh, we, we think that maybe this scripture is for Christians who are more aware of the called and demonic activity. And so uh, this is kind of for them and this would encourage them. But, you know, I'm really not into that. But that's, that's not what really he's talking about, uh, even though he mentions those things. Because really it's God's plan for all of us to be strong and to be mature. To grow in the Lord. How many believe that God wants you to grow? God wants you to be strong. God wants you to be mature in Him and to grow in Him. And automatically we think that you have to be mature. That means you have to be, uh, you know, kind of like uh, really have all this knowledge. And you've got to be the, the one in church that floats into church and knows all knowledge and has all giftings and things like that. And somehow the more mature we think in the Lord, the more isolated we need to be from people. But that's not what uh, the Bible teaches, is it? Uh, you know, how many know that just because you have a lot of knowledge doesn't make you mature? Amen. There's a lot of immature professors today saying immature things. And so we, we know that. But, it, but God's plan is for us to be strong and mature so that we can stand and that we can lead others to live the same life. That we can actually teach others to be strong in the Lord. That's, that's why we need to be strong, to stand. To stand in this culture, to stand against the attacks of the enemy, our spiritual enemy, to, to stand for righteousness in our day, in our culture, in our, in, in our society. God wants us to be strong in the Lord. How many believe that? God wants us to be strong. And I believe that you can know the latest spiritual warfare tactics and still be out of the will of God. You can know this, the latest and all the knowledge of all the scripture and not have love. And the Bible says you're nothing. Think about it. You can be living in sin and in heresy and still know all the latest things about spiritual warfare and all the names of all the demons and all the spirits. And those things are helpful when it comes to spiritual warfare, but they're not helpful when it comes to being strong in the Lord, living a life that's strong in the Lord, leading others to a place of being strong in the Lord. How many know that? And it's not just talking about spiritual strength. And what I mean by that? I've heard someone say that I, I'm spiritually strong, I'm a spiritually strong person, but I'm weak in my character. It's not just talking about being spiritually strong or, or being a spiritually strong person. In other words, you're spiritual in the sense that you, you know how to move on all the gifts, you know all about prophecy, you know all about those things, all the spiritual things, as we like to say, in the kingdom, but you lack in your character or you're lacking in emotional development or getting healing in your heart towards somebody in your life. Come on. And so the Lord wants us to be strong and it's not just a spiritual strength. What do I mean by this? Because the Bible doesn't separate who you are from what you do. It doesn't separate, uh, you, know, you know, today someone said, well, uh, what I do and what I believe are two separate things. How many know that's the American politician? But a Bible Christian, there's no separation by what you believe and what you do. What you believe and what you do, what you say and what you do, line up. They're the same thing. And so it's impossible for you to be a spiritual giant in one area and be completely crippled in another. Spiritually or, or physically. Come on, you know, uh, emotionally and things. God wants to touch our whole being. And this is how we become strong in the Lord. 
uh, by these things. And so I believe that being strong in the Lord is being uh, coming to a place of maturity and healing in every area. Spiritually, emotionally, uh, physically, uh, mentally. How many know the Lord touches you body, soul, and spirit? God does a work in you, body, soul, and spirit. The Bible even says that God is working to bring you to a place of maturity in your body, in your spirit, and in your soul. That all that we all come to the place. Because I think that it's easy for some Christians, like lukewarm Christians, to make things optional. We want to look at this, this uh, exhortation from Paul, and some lukewarm Christians would say that it's optional. I don't have to be strong in the Lord. I don't have to worry about spiritual warfare. That's for other Christians. How many know this is imperative what Paul is saying? It's imperative that you're strong in the Lord. It, it's not just a, a good idea. Man, you've got to be strong in the Lord. Amen. That's what he's saying. Be strong in the Lord. He just, he's not saying if you, if you want to make it optional, if you, if you feel like, you know, well, if it's not for you, you don't have to do this. He's saying, look, in order for you to exist in this culture, in this society, in order for you to be healthy and mature, you've got to be strong in the Lord. You've got to be strong in God. You know, and I also thought about not just lukewarm Christianity, but there's spooky Christians tend to mix kind of uh, biblical principles with religious practices. And they want to kind of mix these things. And they want to kind of, and they get a little spooky and carried away. How many know that's a little scary for us to deal with those kind of people? God doesn't want us to be spooky. He wants us to be healthy. He, just because you know all these scriptures and the latest end times and you have a date when Jesus is coming back doesn't make you mature. God wants us to be grown up in our faith and be strong in, in what we believe in and who we believe in and what's going on in our culture and our world. God wants us to be strong. Amen? Right. And I believe the healthy Christians allow the Bible to change every area of their life so that they can teach others to do the same. Amen. And so the spiritual and the physical realm are in union together, not separate. You don't have your spiritual life and then your home life. You don't have a church life and then my work life. It's all one life. Jesus teaches us, he didn't say that I'm going to give you a partial new life in this one area. I'm going to make all things new. Amen? Amen. It's a hypocrite that believes that you can, you know, you have two lives and you have two personalities and two this and two that. And I have my church life and, and I'm a good saint on Sunday, but I'm a good sinner on Monday. How many know that's not what the Bible teaches? And God wants to work in our lives that we're all, amen, strong in the Lord every area of our life. God's doing these things. Aren't you glad? God's He's patient with us. He's long-suffering. He's working with us so that all these areas in our life can come to the place that we're strong in the Lord. Amen. I love that about the Lord. Let's talk about God's strength. Because Paul mentions it right away, right out of the gate. Be strong in the Lord. He didn't say be strong. He said be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. You've got to rely on His strength. You, it's because of the Lord that we're strong. The Bible says that it is the joy of the Lord that gives me strength. Right? It's His joy, not mine. It's His joy. It's, it's, the, it's from the Lord. It's, it's I'm not strong on my own. Amen. The Bible says, as Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. You are nothing. You can't do anything. You're weak without me. And so uh, Paul makes this clear that it's, it, it, our strength is in him. And so I'm strong in Jesus when I let Jesus be strong in me. Do you believe that? Do you believe that as you allow the Lord to be strong, his word to be strong in your life, then you find yourself more strong in him? 
Amen. You, you have answers for people. You feel a little bit more confident about telling people about the Lord because you've allowed the Lord to be strong in you. You started really getting into the Word and understanding the Word and, and learning of Scripture and what it means to, uh, for God to love everybody. And then when you go to witness to somebody and tell them about the Lord, it's like, I feel a little stronger than I did before because God's Word made me stronger. You see? So it's all based on the strength of God. That's what he's saying. He's not saying be a good positive person, uh, mentally strong. He's saying be strong in the Lord. We have to be strong in the Lord in this hour. Come on. Because there's so many things that cause us to be weak and to be inactive and to be broken. Isn't that right? And to be hindered in our culture. You know, you, you can only be strong by yourself for so long. How many learned that the hard way? Come on, you can only say to other people for so long, I'm going to do it. I'll be okay. I'll, I'll make my own way. I'll, I'll, I'll find my way out of this. How many know that only lasts for a little bit? And after a few times of that, man, you're ready to say, Lord, you're my helper. You're my strength. You're my rock. You're my safety. As, as David said in Psalms 18, you're my shield. You're my buckler. Why? Because he tried to do it his way, and he found out his way didn't last very long. But David found out when I claim and I call out to God, you are my strong tower. You are my shield. You are my buckler. There's a difference. Amen. Because he was strong in the Lord and not in himself. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. I think every Christian athlete knows this one. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Yes, he does. Amen. And you know, I believe it's important that we just look at how we become strong in the Lord and how we become strong in the things of God. How do you become strong in the things of the Lord? I believe, first of all, it's by circumstances. It's by what you go through. You're strong because of what you go through. How many know uh, that saying that says, you know, it's what you go through can grow you, right? And so it's by circumstances. You're strong by what you go through. You're strong by, by facing adversity, by opposition. You're strong by uh, persecution. The Bible says that you become stronger in the faith because of persecution. But not only in those things, but it's also you become strong in righteousness and godliness and goodness. And you become strong in the nature of the Lord and the love of God. And Come on. Amen. How many know it's not just you become strong in persecution, you can take a hit. That's great. But how many know you can give sacrificially, you can be generous because you're learning something by what you're going through. How many know sometimes uh, you've gone through certain things and giving was your way over that and out, out of that, right? And overcome that thing. Uh, so it wasn't just by opposing something or standing against something. It was uh, standing on something, with something, or for something. Amen. That we become strong in the Lord. I really believe that you don't become stronger in the things of the Lord if you're living a comfortable, nominal Christian life. There's just no way that you're going to become strong in the Lord uh, by no struggles, no storms, no fights. Not going to happen. Uh, no enemies. You're just not going to happen. It's not, not going to happen by, by sitting on the couch and just everything's great and every, all life. How many know life is not about all about rainbows, butterflies, and unicorns? Come on. It's not all about those things. Life is, uh, is hard. Life is difficult. But how many know as you face life and life's problems with the Lord, you become stronger? And these things are here, as Paul said, to make you stronger. The things that God is doing in your life have no comparison to what God's going to do in your life when you come out of this thing. If you allow the Lord to have His way, if you just do it God's way, you'll become stronger than when you went into it. Jesus went into the wilderness one way, and He came out stronger than He went in. Amen. And that's God's design. And you're never going to be strong by hiding. You're never going to be strong by avoiding situations or fighting with other people. 
How many know fighting with other people doesn't make you stronger, it just makes you a bully? Amen. Arguing with people for hours on end on Facebook isn't making you stronger in the Lord. It's just making you more of a bully. That's all. And just, you know, come on. All right. And so, come on. That's what Paul taught. Amen. And, and so I believe the point of, of strength is not the absence of a fight or a storm. It's the ability to win in the storm. That's what strength is. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. And so, can I just add this little thing? I had to add this because... I feel it's important. You don't become stronger in the things of the Lord when you keep ministering to the people who don't need it. I mean, it's great to hang out with Christians. We've got to do that. We've got to encourage one another in the Lord. But you're not going to be any challenged in your faith if you just hang out with Christians all the time. Is that right? You know, that's great. You guys can do Bible trivia together. But, but do you really know the word that leads somebody to the Lord? Amen. And so I, I think you're not going to be stronger, but if you keep ministering to people who don't need it. See, your gifts aren't developed, your love isn't challenged, and your witness isn't powerful. Because it's just, they don't need it. They've already got it. Move on. Go to somebody who needs it. That's how you become stronger, by ministering to people who are, who are not strong. Somebody that doesn't know the Lord. Somebody that doesn't know the Scriptures like you know them. When you teach them, you become stronger because they become stronger. Amen? Amen. And so I just want to throw that out. The other thing is you become stronger in the Lord, not just by circumstances, by, but by full engagement. There's, there's, a fully, there's a fully committed to the Lord that just absolutely seals your heart and makes up your mind when you're going through a hard situation. You know, it, the Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. If you keep going back and forth between, well, I kind of believe in God, I, I kind of go to church, I kind of believe in the Bible, and I kind of don't, you know, I've got other religions going on. How many know the Bible says you're going to be unstable in all your ways? Especially when you go through a hard situation and a hard time. You're not going to call out to God. You're going to look to medicine and this and that and, and the government and money and all these other things. But when, when you trust in the Lord, come on somebody, when you fully rely on God, He's the first one you go to and He's the last one you go to and you stay with Him through the whole storm. I mean the whole situation is, Lord, I'm with you. I'm not leaving. I'm not running. Amen. I'm in this thing. We're going to get through this together. God, you're going to help me get through this. Amen. I'm not going to run this time. I'm fully committed. And, and so it's great to be passionate about things, but if you're not passionate about the right things, you really can't be committed to the things, right? And so you've got to be fully committed. It, it, it just, uh, I like what someone says, it doesn't take obedience to do what you want to do. It just doesn't take obedience to do what you want to do, does it? You can't say you've been obeying God when you've been doing what you want to do. But when you say, you know what, I'm doing what God wants me to do, regardless of how I feel, regardless of whether I agree with it, or regardless of whether it's easy right now, I'm still going to obey God. Amen? Because I'm fully committed. I'm, I'm fully engaged. I'm, I'm completely sold out. I'm completely giving over to the Lord. How, how do we feel about uh, restaurants and stores and businesses that have terrible reviews and bad service? Do we think that we want to go there? What do we do? We expect them to live up to their standard of service, don't we? We expect them to live up to their, their you know, customer care service. And a lot of places put it on their wall. And some of us have actually pointed to that. Well, this isn't customer service because I didn't get onions on my, my hot dog. You know what I'm saying? So we, we want to keep them to that standard, don't we? We want to keep them to that, that thing. But yet as Christians, sometimes we feel we don't have to live up to God's standard. We feel that we don't have to be fully committed to what God wants us to do. 
But how many know that it's, we're just going to get bad reviews and poor service? Come on. People aren't going to want to hear from us and be around us. And Amen? You've got to be completely given over to this thing and completely sold out because this is what the Lord wants. And so this is how you become strong in the Lord. It's funny how we make allowances and provisions, adjustments, sacrifices for what we want to do. Isn't it? Amen? And yet, it, when it comes to what God wants us to do. And you know something's very I love about the Lord? When you really say, God, I want to do what you want to do. I want to be fully committed. God empowers good desires. Yes, he does. Does God empower good desires? Yes, he does. So the moment I say, I want to love my wife. I want to raise my children. I want to you know, do what I'm, I'm supposed to be doing, what I'm, what's right. How many know God empowers that kind of stuff? Those decisions, God empowers. It's the selfish desires that God really doesn't empower as we're on our own. Amen. And so that's what I see. And so it's being sold out or on fire. And I feel like the more that you're on fire for the Lord or completely sold out to God, the more you grow, the more you mature. And it seems like, again, the more you love. I don't know why, but I, I just feel like some type people get more mature in the Lord. They, they say mature, and really they just get more knowledge of the Bible, and yet they love people less. They show more, less grace to people. They show less mercy to people. They don't give like they used to. They don't serve anybody. They don't witness or make disciples. Or There's no miracles flowing in their life. I, I feel that if you get more fi on fire for God, more sold out to the Lord, these things need to be flowing in your life. I feel like you're going to be witnessing more, serving more, giving more. Anybody? Why? Because you're becoming strong in the things of God. It's not like you become strong in the Bible and you get weak in other areas. You become strong in the Lord, in the things of God. Amen. And so I believe that, that one of the things that's a key here is the third thing is security in Jesus. So you, you learn to be strong through the things you go through, through fully engagement, but also security in Jesus. See, it's not so much that what the devil plays on is not so much that we don't know who we are. It's that sometimes we feel that who we are is not good enough. And the devil plays on that. But how many know, amen, that there's an acceptance in Jesus Christ. Amen. There's security in him. That we don't have to create an identity for ourselves. Our identity was already created in Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm not trying to recreate myself. Amen. Myself has already been created in Christ Jesus. He is the new man that I put on when I was baptized. Amen. And so my security comes from him. And I believe that it's important that our identity and our purpose are so strong and so secure in the Lord that whether people are praising you one moment or killing you the next or wanting to crucify you the next, it's not going to change, amen, your course. It's not going to shake you. It's not going to shake your faith, as Paul said. Listen, none of these things move me, he said, because I know in whom I believe, amen? And so we have to be secure in the Lord, secure in Jesus. This is part of growing and being stronger in the Lord. I think that we, we tend to, to uh, be strong in spiritual things. I think we, we want to do these things. We want to be strong in spiritual things. And, and sometimes we get stronger in spiritual things, but they tend to make us bigger than we really need to be. <laughs> you know? Amen. Well, praise God, I memorized 100 scriptures this week. What did you do for God? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, that, that's a little extreme, but if you're out there, sorry. And, um, you know, it's just how we are. That's what we default to. We default to the more mature or more... More, the, the more higher I need to be, the more isolated I need to be, the more untouchable I become. No, the more loving, the more serving, the more giving, the more personable, the more approachable you become. Amen. The more you get stronger in the Lord. Amen. And so the mark of, I believe, the mark of maturity and growing in the Lord is to understand the depths of God's love. It's like the more Paul went on 
he saw, the more that he, the less of him he saw, right? But yet the more of God's love he saw, the more of God's grace he grew into. After a while he said, I'm the least of the apostles. Amen? I'm the least of the apostles because he saw the more you get stronger in the Lord. Many people think, well, the more callous I become. Yeah, I love God. I'm just doing all these performance and obligation things. No, the more in love with Jesus you become. The, more, the stronger you are in the Lord, it's not the more callous you are to circumstances, but the more in love you are with the Lord. It's like the softer your heart gets, the more tender you become towards the grace of God and the love of God. Is that right? So a mark of maturity, I believe, is to understand the depths of God's love. And, and, and if you understand the depths of God's love, as Paul talked about, you'll understand the power of His grace. And that leads me to this, and that is strength and faith. Strength in faith. The Bible talks about many times that we need to be strong in our faith. I believe that we need to be strong in what we believe in. Is anybody out there? It's nothing worse than talking to somebody that doesn't know where they're strong in what they believe in. You can talk them out of their, you know, Christianity just like that. You know, you can sell them a bill of goods, or, you know, to some other religion just like that. Ooh, I like that one. I'll think I'll take that one. I mean, how many know they weren't really strong in the faith? But the Bible says we need to be strong in what we believe and what the Bible says. And the life we're leading, we need to be strong in these things. We can't be you know, half-hearted about the life we're leading. And we can't be double-minded about the life we're leading. We've got to be strong in the faith of Jesus Christ. Amen. That I'm sold out, fully committed to His teachings, to His way, to His, come on, His, His direction and what He believes in. And so that's, I believe, more than ever before. I've heard talk, people talk about this. The worst kind of Christian anybody can meet is somebody that doesn't know what they believe in. They don't know who they believe. They don't know what they, don't know what they believe in. And I believe that those are the kind of people that aren't going to be shaking the world. Amen. But uh, I believe the people that are really strong in the Lord. The Bible says those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Amen. And God's looking for uh, uh, young people that are going to be strong in their faith. Uh, uh, parents they are going to be strong in, in raising their child. Not, well, I'll just leave it up to the system to raise my child. No, we're going to be strong in the Lord and raise our children according to the word of God. Amen. We're going to be strong in what we believe in this hour. Now, now, many people think that anger is a spiritual strength. Anger is not a spiritual strength. Can I tell you that? In other words, you don't have to be nasty about what you believe in. There's way too many people that are, what I believe in, and, and all of a sudden they scowl and they start getting a rough voice, and you go, here we go. Do you think anybody's going to receive anybody like that? Amen. We don't have to be nasty about what we believe in. Just be strong in what you believe in. You don't have to jam it down anybody's throat, get in a fist fight, go to jail over that. Amen. If anything, go to jail over preaching the gospel and God's love is for everybody, right? Amen. So uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 13, be strong in the faith. Romans chapter 4 teaches us that Abraham was strong in what he believed in. He did not waver in the promises of God in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. How many know Noah did not stagger at the promise of God he kept forward in the Bible says he was a preacher of righteousness and the reason that he was building the boat in the first place is that the sin was so great people were so rebellious towards God and here's Noah building a, a, an ark a boat in the midst of a rebellious wicked society and he was strong in what he believed in he was a preacher of righteousness the Bible says he, wasn't, he wasn't, didn't compromise. He didn't step to the side. He didn't say, well, I think I'll change what God wanted me to do. I'll do something else. He said, no, I'm doing this for God. And whoever wants to join me, 
you're welcome to. That was my paraphrase. I, I just put that in there. Amen. But this is what the Bible says. And so, uh, you know, you have to ask yourself, after 10 years of being a Christian, are you still depending on somebody else to tell you what you should believe in? Are you going to take the Word of God and search the Scriptures for yourself and say, this is what the Bible says, this is who Jesus is, amen. Come on, there's some people that have been saved for a long time and still, still questioning the virgin birth, the deity of Jesus, and the resurrection. You've got to be strong in what the Bible says. I'm not just talking about what your opinion is. Be strong in what the Bible says. Amen. I mean, no, there's too many Facebook ministries on what they believe in. But we need to be strong in what the Bible teaches. Amen. Be strong in the faith. And I've got to finish. In the last days, Jesus warned us. The apostles warned us over and over again. There's going to be three things. Now I sound spiritual strong, don't I? Anyways, there's going to be three things. It's going to be ignorance, immaturity, and isolation. Think about it. Tremendous amount of ignorance. I mean, Paul warns us over and over again, beware of false teachers, beware of false Christ. Jesus said, beware of wolves in sheep's clothing, beware of false teachers and prophets. Why? Because we are bent towards ignorance. Our humanity is bent towards stupidity. Did you know that? By default, we are ignorant. We need to learn. We've got to be taught. We've got to understand. So ignorance is not just not knowing information, but it's not being aware and not doing something about it. It's, you're just not aware of it. You don't understand it, but you're not aware of it. So you, how many know you can have a lot of information and still be ignorant? Oh yeah, you can. And so the weakness in humanity is ignorance. That's why the enemy comes, and he comes as the father of lies. Because the weakness in us is ignorance. Hath God said. How many know he started out with that? All of a sudden, he was, well, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. Did he say that? Did, is that what happened? I don't know. So the, the weakness in humanity is ignorance. And so I believe that we open up to deception simply because we're gullible and we're naive as people. Amen? People aren't mad at what I'm saying. It's just the worship team leaving, coming on stage. Okay. People are like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, kind of scaring everybody, freaking out. So don't be ignorant about that. I just let you in on that one. All right. So, see, because that's how we open up. That's how the devil knows that we open up to deception and we're gullible. We're, we're, and, and the Bible warns us about being deceived and tricked and distracted and separated from the Lord. Think about it. That's why it's important that we're strong in the faith. We're strong in what the Bible says. And Jesus even said, don't let these things overtake you. Don't, don't let them come up behind you and slap you across the you know, head and just say, oh, I didn't know. The Bible says, and Jesus said, be smart about these things. Be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Be, be uh, educated about these things. Amen? Understand these things. And he said, you know, even rebuked the, the Pharisees at one point. And he said, you can discern the signs of the time, the, the, I mean the uh, skies. And you can tell what the weather's going to be like tomorrow, but you don't know the signs of the times. How many know it's the children of God that know the signs of the times? Amen. We're the ones, the people of God are to know, amen, what our culture is really saying, what God's really doing, amen, in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation. Amen. And so this is what the Bible says, be strong in the faith. You know, and without Jesus, you're just not going to get it. How many know what I'm talking about? Before you were saved, you did not get it. You didn't understand what it was to be fully committed to a woman. You didn't know what it was like to be a dad. You didn't get it. You didn't understand what love was about, what faithfulness was about, what being committed was about. You didn't get it. 
Come on, you didn't get love. You thought love was about what you could get out of it. You didn't understand it was about giving. You didn't know love. You didn't get it. You, didn't, you just didn't understand uh, how God worked. You didn't understand. But when you're born again, there is an enlightenment, the Bible says. There is an understanding. We began to understand the love of God and what life is all about. Aren't you glad? I'm glad. And so I believe that this is one of the things that we're... we're I believe that number, the number one killer among Christians is ignorance. Amen. So the Lord says, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the faith. And I believe the Lord wants you to be strong. Uh, and and I, I, I honestly just wrote this down this morning. I feel that, that, that this is one of some of the warnings that Paul and, and, and even Jesus warns us about when it comes to being ignorant. The Lord wants us to be strong so that we don't fall into self-deception, self-pity, or self-reliance. God doesn't want us to go there. He doesn't want us to be self-reliant. He wants to be reliant on Him. His power in this day. Come on, this hour. To be reliant on Him. And the final point I want to make today is being strong in the Lord is be strong in grace. Be strong in grace. Be, be, let there be strength in grace. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Paul in, in exhorts Timothy as a young man. It says, My son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Strong in grace. I believe that maturity in the Lord or growth in God is measured by love. I believe that. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul said that when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now that's right in the middle of, of, a, of, of a really instruction about loving other people. And how many know that when you begin to love other people more than yourself, you begin to grow up a little bit? Amen? Yes, you do. And so it's all, it's measured by love. God's grace, let me just make it clear, does not conceal sin. It overcomes sin. His love comes to deal with sin and His grace comes to overcome it. How many believe that? See, we say, as humans, we say this. It was up to us. We say, put away your sin and then you'll receive grace. But God says, amen, that you're, you, you receive grace and then put away your sin. He told the woman he, that was caught in adultery, what did he say? He said, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. There was grace before there was repentance. There was a belonging before there was believing. There was a acceptance before there was a transformation. Amen. And I'm telling you, we need to be a church that is really, a, as one said, a community of grace or a grace-filled people. Amen. And if we're not, we're going to get in a lot of trouble. Amen. We're going to miss what God is doing in this hour. And so I believe that as Brother John Firth was talking about the Father last week and talking about the Father's love in 1 John, it says, it's not that we have loved Jesus first, but He loved us. He loved us first. He, let, me, let me ask you this question. When, before you were ever born again, were you lovable? <laughs> Come on, what condition were you in? Well, I mean, think about it. What, were you ready were you, I mean, were you, were you even near Christian? Were you even near? Or were you filthy in your sin and dirty? And were you broken and lost and blind? And yet Jesus came to you and He loved you and He said, My love comes first to you. Amen. I accept you first. You belong first. Amen. That's what the way the Lord works. And so this is a, we've got to be strong in grace in this hour. We've got to be strong in the grace of the Lord. Not in this excusing and compromise, but in this power of forgiveness and love. Is that right? All right, this is a Christian church. I, I should get one amen. All right. 
Amen. I love that about the Lord. Because I wasn't ready. I wasn't lovable. I, I wasn't anywhere near Christian. And yet He came to me. And He received me. Just as I was. And just as I am. As the old song says. You know, Jesus never asked people what they believed first. Did you ever notice that? He healed them. He healed them. He reached out. Touched them. Healed them. They came. He healed them. He never asked, what do you believe? Let's get this straight. He said, come to me. All you who are heavy laden and broken. All those who need me, come to me. And I love that about the Lord. That we live in this, this strength of God's grace. And, and some of us get a little nervous talking about too much love or too much grace. Because we don't want to compromise. Listen, you're never going to be in a, a fault when you talk about the love of God. The way that the Bible talks about the love of God. You're not going to be in fault when you talk about the grace of God. The way the Bible displays the grace of God. Amen. The way the Lord displays the grace of God to us. Amen. And so we need to be strong in the grace, as 2 Timothy says. Amen. Jesus, and then again, healed people. And he said, come and follow me. And it's because I saw God's love first, and then I repented. What does the Bible say? The goodness of God leads men to repentance. The goodness of God comes first. When people don't need it, don't deserve it, need it, or they don't think they need it. When people don't deserve it, the goodness of God comes. It appears. It comes. It shows up. The Bible says that, that the Lord is drawing people by His Spirit. Are they Christians? No. He's drawing sinners to Himself. The Bible says that, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself when the world didn't even want Him. That's grace. Can you say amen? amen. That's grace. And this is what we need to be strong in in our lives is the grace of God. Not saying, I'll love you until you do this. Or the way, aren't you glad that, we don't, that God doesn't love us the way we love people? Sometimes, amen? Aren't you glad that He doesn't give us what we deserve, but He gives us what we don't deserve, amen? I love that about the Lord. I'm so thankful and it's humbling in the sense. But I believe that sometimes we base God's love on how we love. On how we think it should be done. How people, well, they're just a nasty, dirty person. And they're mean and they're obnoxious. And, they're, and they've killed people and they've done this and they've done that. And we, they need to be punished first and then loved later. But the Bible says that he came to us as criminals first and loved us first. You see, many times people paint the picture that, that we were victims of sin. And indeed, when you're broken, you are victims. But you are a victim. But how many know initially the Bible says that we're criminals? Because if you weren't a criminal, you wouldn't need forgiveness. If you were innocent, you wouldn't need forgiveness. But the Bible says He came to us as criminals. We were the ones that violated. We were the ones that broke. We were the ones that transgressed against Him. We were the ones in the wrong. That's why repentance is so powerful because it's admitting, I'm the one that needs you. I'm the one that, that needs forgiveness, Lord. I'm the one that's guilty here, not you. I'm the one, not my neighbor, not anybody else, but me. I'm the one that has really wronged you. See, that's the power of forgiveness, amen. And some of us, I believe it's hard for us to receive God's love because we don't receive ourselves. It's hard for us to believe in God's love because we don't believe, we believe in ourselves too much. We, we kind of like really love ourselves too much. So it's hard for us to really receive God's love when you're like that. Come on. Amen? But again, His love does not excuse sin. But I believe that God's love is present despite the sin. Any sinners saved by grace in this room? Yeah, yeah. His, his love is there despite the sin. Despite the sin. And I thank the Lord for that. Amen. You see, love as a Christian becomes stale 
when it becomes about performance and obligation. And if it ever gets to that place in our lives where it becomes about performance and obligation, this occurs, we begin to pull back from exercising God's grace to other people. We start drawing back from showing love and unconditional love to other people and giving. We start putting conditions on people, regulations on people. And, all, and God never did that to us, and yet we start doing that. That's how you know people are in a place where they forgot the love of God. They don't recognize the grace of God anymore. They got out of the place where the Bible says, stay in the boundaries of God's love. Amen? Don't take grace for granted, but don't, amen, don't ever uh, use it as a, uh, the Bible says, as a cloak of sin, the Bible says. Amen, think about it. And so in the seven churches in the book of Revelation were constantly reward, uh, warned from the Lord as you got into a place of performance and obligation because you forgot to exercise. Amen, your faith and grace to other people. Think about it. In Romans chapter 15 verse 1, it says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not please ourselves. Amen. How many can say, lift your hand to heaven and say that God's done a work in my life and I'm strong in a couple areas. God's taught me how to be strong. I'm really strong in this. Well, well God wants you to teach other people. Support people that are weak. Don't condemn people that are weaker in that area or, or have a, a struggle in that area. And you've overcome it. That's great. But God wants you to support them. Come alongside them and say, you know what, I was there. And you can, you, can, you can be healed of this. You can be delivered. Amen. I'm here to support you. I'm not here. Uh, I, listen, people are already, I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is already talking to people. They already know that they're doing wrong and some things are going on. They don't need somebody to come in and tell them the third or fourth or fifth time. They need somebody to say, this is how you get out of it. This is the solution to it. This is the healing element of it. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I believe that when we encourage one another, we encourage each other to be strong. So be strong in the Lord this morning. Be strong in the faith of God, the grace of the Lord. Be strong in Him and the power of His might. Amen? Yes, you need to take on the armor. We'll, that's another whole uh, six-week series in itself. Amen? But let me just tell you something. It's because the Lord wants us to be strong because He is strong. Aren't you glad that God is the strongest that you know? He is the all, amen, all, uh, uh, the Bible says all-powerful God. Amen. There's nothing in him that's weak. There's no nothing area in God that's lacking. There's no weakness in him. Amen. He's altogether lovely and powerful and faithful and wise and strong. And so when we begin to live for him and begin to live according to the word of God, all of a sudden we found, find ourselves in a place where we're getting strong. Strong in the Lord that we can be strong for other people. Amen. Amen. Can we stand on our feet today? We're going to sing the song. Amen. Just sing a couple choruses through. Amen. Let's just do this again. Jesus, we love you. And when we do this, can we just express our love to the Lord? Amen. That he has made us strong. He has been, amen, our strong tower of help. Amen. Come on, let's just sing this this morning. Just the chorus. Jesus, yes, we Lord. Come on, sing it out. And know how we oh, can we just lift our hands to heaven? You. Come on, let's just... Sing it out this morning. You are the one I heart to do. Come on, let's just sing it a little louder. A little bit more. And Jesus, we love you. And oh, how we love you. And you are the one. Come on, one more time. Let's sing it up. Hallelujah, Jesus, we love Jesus, you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. 
thank you this morning amen for your grace for your love on our lives Lord we just thank you Lord that you're bringing us to a place of being strong in you Lord we pray that every weak area that we can say Lord I struggle with this I struggle with that we give it to you today Lord Lord we just cast all our cares on you Lord we take up your burden and your yoke on us Lord it's light it's easy and all these things that we're worried about and trying to fix ourselves we just say Lord I can't do it I want you to come, Lord. Come into my life, amen, today, Lord, and help me, Lord. I need you today. I don't ever want to get to a place and I said I can do this my own, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, recently I heard a preacher, an older preacher has since passed. He said that all his hours of prayer and meditation and scripture reading, he's come to the conclusion that on the day of judgment that the Lord will not ask oh what did you do and all those things the Bible says a book shall be open but he said the one question will be is did you believe that I loved you Do you believe that I loved you and I think some Christians say yes Lord I really do I believe that you love me and you're you're, you're forgiven and you you were just so gracious to me and maybe there's another group of people that would say well I, I heard good messages I I kind of thought that I know that yes but but I really never experienced the love of God. So I want to encourage you this morning that whatever you need from the Lord, whether it's mercy, whether it's forgiveness, He's here today. He's here today. You don't have to be well polished and try to get your life all fixed up in a week. Amen. Right now, right where you are. Amen. The Lord is calling you to be saved. The Lord is calling you to come back home and get right with the Lord and walk with Him. Walk in the grace, as the Bible says. Walk in, amen, love, as the Bible says. And so I want to encourage you today, wherever you are, God's always loved you, He's always known you, and He's always pursued you. Can you say amen? Aren't you glad that when you came to the Lord for the very first time, everything that you had done, it wasn't like the Lord was just beating you overhead with it. It was just, I just felt like the Lord was putting that aside. He's putting that away. Just cleansing me from that and saying, I want you to receive something else. I want you to receive my love. I want you to receive, amen, something that I've just loved you from the very start. Can we say amen this morning for, amen, that God's loving? If that's you today and you say, Lord, I really need the Lord today in a fresh way, in a new way, in a real way, we want to pray with you today. We just encourage you to come down front and ask the altar workers to come. Amen. But for the rest of us, I just want us to be encouraged today. Be strong in the Lord. The power of His might. Amen. To overcome the obstacles that are facing you, to overcome whatever situation you're going through. Amen. Let the Lord work in your life that you can become strong in Him. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you today. Hug somebody's neck as you leave. Amen. Encourage somebody in the Lord. Amen. God bless you.